0: So you can either go with something where you're a subject matter expert because you're an enthusiast and a fan of that thing. You don't have to be a PhD in it, you have to be a big fan of it, or you have to be skilled enough in it to where you have some provable level of competency. It's not something you wish you were good at, it's something that you actually are good at.
1: Roberto Blake, welcome back to the podcast. Our topic today is how to find your niche on YouTube. And you have four questions that reveal the answer. You recently came out with the book, Create Something Awesome. It's an incredible book. But break down these four questions for us. And the first one is, what things am I most passionate about? Break that down.
0: Yeah, no, thanks so much, Sean. So I think that this is something that is a challenge for people because a lot of people are polymaths, a lot of creative people have a lot of things they're passionate about. But the thing is you only have so many hours in a day. You also, everyone knows that they can't bore their entire friends and family to death every single time with everything they're passionate about and that it won't always work, right? So we have to figure out what we're passionate about because if if you don't figure out what you actually like and enjoy doing, that's where you're going to go and flip from niche to niche, topic to topic on YouTube. And it's going to be like starting college over every semester and then wondering, gee, I changed my major every year. Why don't I have a four-year degree? Why do I see all my other friends who put in four and five and six years having success and making money? It's like, oh, wait, could it be because I kept changing my mind and I didn't commit to anything? So I think you have to have something you commit to that you at least like enough to stick with it.
1: And how much time do you think I've heard some people suggest that, you know, you should predict that I'll be passionate or be fascinated by this, you know, for maybe a couple of years, even like, how long do you think it would take being committed to YouTube? If I'm going to start something, how long should I stick with it until I see results?
0: I think it's less about like, um, a matter of years as many, as much as it would be a matter of outputs, uh, It means for me, there are topics and things that I've covered on YouTube. But the thing is, once I hit 200, 250 videos in that genre and niche, I felt it was time to retire that thing. The good news is, though, I was putting out enough videos to where... I was adding something else to an audience or at least enough of that particular segment of the audience to where they could cross over. And once I discontinue that topic, there's enough new people over on a new topic and there's enough of those same people because there was some cross-pollination happening between those topics. So there are a lot of people that signed up for topics I did about uh, camera gear, for example, which I'm actually going to bring back to the channel, that those people... That care about camera gear. A lot of them have become content creators. So I, I didn't uh, churn all of them. The people who cared about video editing tutorials, I use Adobe Premiere Pro, etc. Well, that crosses over to content creation. So there's not really a high churn in terms of losing those people and retaining them. But uh, there was a point where I became less interested in some of those videos, partly not because I became bored with the topic, but because I became maybe bored with or not challenged enough by the way I was making those videos. And now I actually want to start making those videos again, because now I have better ways to make them. I've started up again. And so it's a matter of reintroducing that content. So again, just remember that there are phases and seasons of your life where you're passionate about things, but you can't really be too upset that you lose or churn some of your audience. If you switch things up on them, the best thing to do, in my opinion, is to add things that that same group of people Is very likely to enjoy. And as you add more of that, if you have to subtract something because you're not interested anymore, you're not necessarily losing as many of those people.
1: So the first question is, what things am I most passionate about? But these are like filters, then you layer on another filter. And that is where do I have above average
0: skills or knowledge? Break this question down. Exactly. So let's let's even look at me. The way that I handle my YouTube channel, because it's predicated and built on my personal brand, and you you could argue that um, I'm an idea-based creator versus, say, as much of a uh, community-based creator or so on and so forth, or even a personality-based creator. What I have done is I've looked at my career as a creative professional and how I've made my money and what skills I used. And the thing is, the overall theme is... Can I use skills and my interest and my passions to make money? So the thing is, I've been consistent in the message of my channel no matter what. The evolution of that is, well, I can add skills on top of each other. And so I had skills in photography, graphic design, uh, uh, and video. And I obviously use those because those are skills you actually need to grow a YouTube channel in the first place. You need to be able to produce and edit video. Photography is going to help you with thumbnails. Graphic design is going to help you with thumbnails. These things are going to make for good quality content creation basically in any niche, no matter what. So by using my skills as foundation, I was able to say, okay, I have above average skill in these. And what proves that I have above average skill in my case was I got to do them and make money at them before YouTube. So I was able to objectively look at myself and say, here are things I'm good at. And I was able to qualify that with, here are things people paid me for. Now, if I was going to do an entertainment thing, I'd be like, what am I obsessed with? And what do I have more than above average knowledge of? What do I geek out over? What do I make my friends and family's ears bleed about? Because I won't shut up. And so for me, that would have been probably geek culture. So I could have done a Star Wars channel uh, because I could talk about Star Wars passion wise. I could make a thousand Star Wars videos and not be bored. There's so much to explore with that universe. So I could find a thousand things to not be bored about with Star Wars. And the thing is, I'm a deep Star Wars nerd. So, you can either go with something where you're a subject matter expert because you're an enthusiast and a fan of that thing. You don't have to be a PhD in it. You have to be a big fan of it and someone who's like, you know, committed and part of the cult like following of that thing. Or you have to be skilled enough in it to where you have some provable level of competency. So, that's where skill comes in. You have to be able, it's not something you wish you were good at, it's something that you actually are good at and something that you can demonstrate your ability to create value.
1: Hey, we're about to get back into the core content, but today's episode is brought to you by thinkmasterclass.com. If you want to start or grow a YouTube channel this year and learn one of the most powerful strategies for getting views and subscribers right now, check out our free on-demand YouTube class available at thinkmasterclass.com. Now let's get back into the show. So you have some experience in it. Maybe you've been paid for it, or maybe you've just clocked some time. Your friends ask yep. you for advice about it. You've been yep. mothering for a few years. You have a couple kids. They're all still alive. You can start sharing your lessons, your mistakes, and what you've learned on YouTube. Or you have deep knowledge. If you've read more, studied more, Googled more, and you're personally an enthusiast packaging that on YouTube can give you another layer of benefit. So you're passionate about the thing. You've got some skills or deeper knowledge about the thing. But the next question is, is it possible to earn money?
0: Break this down, and how do we know if it's possible or not? I think one of the things we have to look at is you can look at it in a couple of ways. One of the ways I love, and you know this, Sean, is I look at how many like obvious monetization opportunities exist in this thing. And I usually use, um, you know, the seven streams of income from content creators to kind of fill in those blanks to say, how easy on a scale of one to five is it to make money with this way, this way, this way, one through seven and that. So that would be one opportunity. The other thing I can do is I can identify who in that niche is doing this full-time is popular and okay, how do they make money? Go find an interview, go find, go look them up, go look up how much money they make or their net worth, or go find an interview where they talk about money or go look at, you know, well, are they sponsored? Do they have affiliate links in their descriptions of their videos? Do they sell their own product? Uh, do they have a membership site or a Patreon or channel memberships? Like, How are they making their money? Okay, don't reinvent the wheel. That business model is right there and up for grabs. So I think that's very straightforward to determine whether something makes money. Almost everything makes money. It's just a matter of some people have proven how to do it and how to do it better than others. You always like to say success leaves clues, and I 100% agree with that. So you know what? Just follow the clues.
1: And then the fourth question is Is there a demand
0: or need for this? Break that down. Yes. So you and I are big OG fans of search. And one of the ways we used to look for things was okay, high search volume, low competition, let's go. Or even if there is high competition, it's like, okay. The market's saturated, boo-hoo. Saturated with what? Is it saturated with an abundance of quality? Maybe it's not. Does it have an abundance of people that show up or are da- the daily version of this? Like Probably not. So you could look at it from that perspective of, and then, all right, how big is this niche? How many people playing in it? How big is the biggest player? Okay, well, what's their claim to fame and success? All right, well, how many, what's the next, how large is the next second um, player in the niche? Third. Fourth was the top ten look like, and when you realize that, you start to realize, wait a minute, there's a lot of ways to play the game. Not all these people are carbon copy clones of each other, and the market is not saturated. If I cannot find one thousand people that have a hundred thousand subscribers, and they all speak English, and they all are in that niche, it's probably not saturated. It's probably not saturated. I don't think there is a YouTube niche really like that, where you're like in just one niche of English speaking channels, there's a a thousand people that have a hundred thousand to a million subscribers. It's not usually the case. You and I know that there are only about roughly uh, less than 50,000 channels in the United States of America that have silver play buttons in YouTube. And that's spread out and diversified across all the niches, all the categories, and the unique personalities of YouTube. And half of those, belong to media empties and corporations. So I still don't think there's anything that's so saturated with new, interesting, and original ideas at the highest level of quality or the highest level of consistency or even the highest level of value.
1: Powerful. And so for more on this, uh, people can pick up your book. Of course, we'll link it up in the show notes, Create Something Awesome. But use these four questions to pick the most powerful ch- channel topic that's at the intersection of your strengths, your passions, The profitability as well as doing some market research and for more resources check out the book nailing your niche is one of the most important aspects of success on youtube i love this conversation with roberto and actually if you're not subscribed yet to the think media podcast definitely subscribe wherever you listen every week because Roberto is going to be joining us for some future episodes, dropping more practical knowledge so that you can grow your YouTube channel. And speaking of growing your channel, if you have not watched our free on-demand YouTube class, you can go to thinkmasterclass.com or check out the show notes. It's updated with a strategy that we break down step-by-step so you can get views and subscribers and stay and out in a crowded marketplace this year. So check that out and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Think Media Podcast.